is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. Here in Orlando, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson, and joining me all the way from Brooklyn, New York, is Jordan Olds. You might know him from his given name, Garcinio Hall. He's a musician and uh, comedian, writer, performer, mm-hmm. so, so on and so forth, um, and is the host have a show uh, called Two Minutes to Late Night, which you can find on YouTube. And they have a Patreon and all kinds of other stuff. And uh, yeah, so Jordan, thank you very much for joining us this week. Yeah, thank you for having me, dude. Yeah, um, yeah, I, uh, uh, I have a show. It's you called do? Two Minutes to Late Night. It's, uh, it's like, uh, I've described it to people as like, it's like Conan O'Brien, but at like Woodstock 99. That's a... <laughs> That's a great way to, to describe it. It was, um, it immediately kind of like hit me just as a fan of metal in general and like just, you know, just all the little inside jokes. It just felt like it was kind of like very, very like meta. But like, it was kind of like, for me, it was like when I saw Hot, Wet Hot American Summer for the first time, I was like, oh, this is literally like they made this for me. You know, it just kind of hit all the right notes as far as like sensibilities and like sense of humor and that kind of thing. Oh, dude, thank you. Yeah, I mean, thank you for comparing us to that movie. I love that movie. Well, but Jane uh, Garofalo your, is your mom, so, I mean. Yeah, she, but I have, uh, I, uh, I did, I will never tell her this, but I have a Wet Hot American Summer tattoo, so. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. So. I, maybe not, but I have it. it it's not not cool. I've, it's, yeah, it's on my foot, kind of, so that's, like, where you put, like goofy tattoos are for the legs. Yeah, most of the time. I mean, I've got the like the address of a punk venue that doesn't exist anymore. I mean, that's doesn't you know. That's kind of that's cool though. That's that it means arms are for like you know you spent too much money uh, <laughs> get on your sleeve or something that kind of means something. That's for you know it's classic mom tattoo. Yeah, you know absolutely. Yeah. So. I guess for people who are not initiated, you know, I, I, I don't want this to be like a, a 45 minute, you know, fangirl session. So can you kind of explain um, your, I don't want to say origin story, but like, how did you get into music in the first place? You know, what, pers- what kind of like compelled you to start playing music and how did you end up where you are right now? I guess. Um, I think what made me want, I think I always kind of wanted to play music uh i just didn't really know if it was like in the car i it's uh, when i was like really young and like in middle school yeah. uh like early middle school i was like this seems like it would be kind of too expensive uh <laughs> to get into and then i uh i eventually i don't know i i think um i got uh i got really into the foo fighters and corn when i was a uh like in middle school Mm -hmm. and i think like uh that kind of sparked my like i think the uh the emotional angsty music of a corn uh inspired me to really want to uh play music and then also of course like um like i loved van halen as like a kid like that was uh i thought they were the coolest band but i think it didn't seem uh like attainable to me until i like um until there was like uh something like (laughs) honestly i think it really was corn because i was like these are very no one shredding i could do this 
and then like I was like I could I could maybe um I could figure it out and now I love shredding um but I think that that was my I think that like uh the like bands like that were singing to younger like to, to like uh to like a, a angry middle school but like bullied boy and i was like oh che- oh dude i all the that i fill out that whole criteria and uh i think that that pushed me to uh like get my uh ask my i didn't have like ask my parents uh to help me get like a guitar and then they said no and then i mowed lawns to buy like a hundred dollar guitars very cool yeah i mean for me i think that first record was like the the frog stomp album that silver chair record i was like oh this is literally a cd i can play all the way through uh yeah also i guess dating myself slightly because i was like i don't know eighth ninth grade when that record came out but mm. um, but i feel like everybody's got like that one record that was like oh i can actually i can do this and um I- yeah, I mean, I didn't think that, um, uh, you know, when I was getting into, like, Van Halen and I was like, this is amazing, uh, I just didn't think that, uh, like, that was something that would be for me uh, at that age because I, I know that, like, we had a piano in the house and I feel like if I was like, I want to play guitar like this and my mom would go, you've never played the piano. You're not, like... You're not gonna. You've never. You're not putting effort into music. You can't do this. Yeah. Um, and to a certain extent, I think she's right because I've only ever like with music with me. I've only ever learned as much of it as I needed to. Yeah. To totally. solve my next problem, like I'm like, uh, I learned to like you know do more complicated stuff on the guitar because I'm like, well, I gotta. Yeah. I got to like, like learn this part coming up. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally get that. Um, so, you know, the, beyond just being a musician, cause like it, it doesn't, based on what we've talked about up to this point, it doesn't quite make sense of like, well, why are we talking to you specifically? But like, if you haven't been keeping up with um, what Jordan is doing and what two minutes to late night is doing, they've been super, it's, it's always kind of been a component of their show to end with like this really kind of cool take on a, on a cover song. And um, mm. like for you guys, when, when in the, like in the process of putting that show together, was it kind of decided like, Oh, this is going to be a part of what we do. Like, how did that kind of come together? I think it, uh, it was, Oh, the reason there isn't a for like, it was always, we always wanted it to be a part of it. Cause we yeah. were like, what can we do? that would be different than every other show like what's what's something that we can do because we always wanted it to be a music show and not necessary we wanted it to be metal themed but we wanted it to be about so many genres of music and that's why in the first episode there uh there are two guests uh like one is you know ben wyman and then the second guest is Laura Stevenson, who is just like an indie musician, mm-hmm. like does kind of like folk punky stuff, yep. um, but mostly just uh, acoustic songs that make me cry while washing dishes. But I think the we didn't do an actual cover song in the we just did a Mutoid Man song because yeah. we didn't know where the show was going to go and we wanted someone to be able to like air it. Yeah. So we were like. 
the concept is trying to like to bring artists in to perform to have fun in metal yeah and we were like the easiest way we can do that is to have uh different artists either like we can perform their song or we can perform something that's like that it, you know would make like a song that would make sense to them yeah. from being from a different genre of music. And it would just, you know, we can kind of, the goal was to kind of show that like the heavy metal genre is kind of for everybody. It's not, uh, it's, it's, it's about fun. Like that's yeah. my favorite part of metal is that it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So we, that was kind of where covers came from. We did, we, and we didn't do it uh, in the first episode just because we were like, we don't know if we can, afford song rights and then just like and then after the uh after you know like no one was uh gonna buy the show anyway after shopping it around to a lot of places we were like fuck it let's do another episode and go nuts and like that's when the prince cover happened because we've always um the prince cover happened because mutoid man at the end of one of their shows the day that prince died they just played really heavily the end of purple rain and then we just i uh, we talked to him uh, when we were going to do another episode i was like we should just do the whole song i have like it'll be really fun to like build it yeah and add layers uh i i think it'll we could make it really epic and fun yeah when it goes to double time in the second verse that's like that that's where it just opens up for me, and then that that second chorus where like you get the th- like the full harmonies and like it was it was massive. It was that's kind of I think when I really kind of latched on. I was like, oh, it's it's kind of interesting at least for you guys because there's there's a it's a funny show. There's it's it's a it's a comedy sketch show about metal, but it showed I think like through doing the covers, it kind of shows like we're still going to be serious about certain things. And even, even when it's kind of goofy, um, it's still executed. Well, I think a lot of times people can just kind of like take the piss and like cover a song kind of poorly just for mm-hmm. the sake of being ironic or funny or whatever. But like you guys really went to the effort of like making sure it was good and, um, unique and, uh, creative in a way that, um, I just thought was really cool. Uh, it doesn't Thanks. to have, um, you know, Mutoid Man is your house band. Um, so, and then, and then the, your get, the guests that you guys have had over the course of the, you know, this entire run has been pretty crazy. Uh, I think you've got all of Baroness now. Have you covered? Yeah, <laughs> we've got, we, we have, we have all of Baroness has been on the show. Um, uh, we love those guys, uh, all of them. Uh, they're all so talented and, uh, you know, they're just, I think the band is so diverse in what they want to do that, you know, we can really show like the scope of different songs that, yeah. uh, that we can do. I, th- I think we picked like three very different bands for everybody to be a part of. And, you know, since, since we were going to, we, we went for uh, that Boston song, I think, because I was like, all right, it's two of them this time. Uh, and for those who don't know, we covered four play long time uh, by Boston with, uh sebastian and nick from baroness this is the drummer and the bassist and i was like there's two of them and we want to pick a song that kind of shows them off but uh, uh, and then i was like why don't we do a song that's technically two songs that'll be 
uh, fun and a pain in the ass to arrange Jesus uh, Christ. That was crazy. But it, uh, it was, I'm really happy with how that turned out. It was really, really impressive. I've only, only, I've only ever seen one other band do like do it live, and um, yeah, that's 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 hard mode. There's there's no kind of going about it. Um, yeah, but you guys, it, it, it was cool because it, it was it, again, it was done really well, but it was like fun. Um, you know, having you know the smells like Teen Spirit solo kind of towards the end. Just why the hell not? I mean, yeah, he just did that and uh that's all steve he was just uh the day of was just started playing that and was like should i just do that i'm like yeah dude of course yeah 100 percent. yeah because everything else was literally like spot on like note for note like you guys really went for it um and it was just kind of like a fun like all right well even though we could do this exactly the way it is we're just going to do this anyway um mm-hmm. So yeah, and I, I kind of I really appreciate the way that you guys kind of arrange things. Like, how does how do you guys approach a song like when something like that comes up, like when you're going into it? Like, how do you, how do you like what is the thumbprint of you know the sound that you guys are going for? Do you think? Well, I most of the covers I think only like two or three of them uh, are not composed and arranged by me. It's usually just me. Uh, like putting it together because I gotta like it makes sense for me to kind of start it off for the show because like I'm the I'm the uh, I'm in the writer's room and then I'm in and then I can play instruments so I will like build it and then uh, like kind of tie it into the show and since I kind of understand uh, like the way Mutoid Man works or kind of with how their sound works. Like, I think it's really, I think what makes our, our the, the start of each cover is, um, it's just that we're using uh, concert tuning, which is just, uh, it's half step down and then the top string is dropped all the way to like A sharp. Yeah. Um, and I think that tuning kind of, adds like a, like a level of like, all right, well, we have to transform the song to be able to play it like this. Right. And the goal is to like try to use the, the chonky octave uh, that's created in the top two strings as, uh, as like, let's try to put the riff in there. Yeah. So I'm like, that should be like the main source of like the melody or like, can we add harmonies? It's just trying to, uh, I kind of always just like, taking big ass tunings that that are chunky and I like trying to try to play them fast. Yeah. Cause I think it's, it's counterintuitive, but it makes it like a little bit of a challenge. And that's how I think uh, a lot of, and then, you know, you throw in like uh, riffs that like might sound good in like a gallop or like as a breakdown or like as tits, like bringing in some converged style of business. I think it's like fun to try to transform a song um and keep the spirit of it it takes forever to build <laughs> most of the covers uh yeah. and then uh and uh but it's um you know then i i once i arrange it and send it off then kind of everyone takes it and makes it like their own thing and it becomes really fun 
Yeah, I think um, talking about the tuning, like making the most, I think a really great example of that for you guys was doing Hoffer Teacher with Gene Gleason, like using mm-hmm. that, lower, using that, the, the lower tuning kind of during that intro riff, I think was, that, that's really where it stood out for me because like you basically changed the, the progression there, at least on the intro, um, right. but like made it kind of, it was loyal to like, the song itself but like was unique enough where it was it stood out that it was like okay this is something that's kind of like they're taking their own spin on it but i thought it was really cool yeah the riff is different than the original a little bit but it kind of feels the same also like it's got the that's i think like that one's such an anomaly because it's like you know the song has such an iconic yeah main riff yeah, it's it's a hot mess of a song, like musically, you know. Right. Was that thirteen hits during the during like the solo break or something Fuck. like that? Yeah. Yeah, it sucked. Um, <laughs> I uh, I think we might have like uh, simplified it since we weren't able to. I think we planned on simplifying it and then didn't or something. I don't know. I re- I remember we like I rehearsed it with Mutoid Man doing. Uh, doing like the lead guitar and Steve trying to, you know, get ready to just sing for the first time on the show. Yeah. And I think we were going to simplify it, but uh, when Gina showed up and like knew it's, it's one of those things where when we're doing the show live, we kind of have no idea how the, how it's going to sound or what, how it's going to work until we're actually on the stage together and then it's just like all right we hope this is gonna sound good i don't know yeah that's yeah it's it's been really honestly it's one of the things that i've been looking forward i look forward to every time y'all post something because it's i know it's going to be different it's going to be but it's going to be fun and like unique in its own kind of way and you know one of the things that i think has been really impressive um because you're not really shooting the show anymore um like where you were like basically putting out regular episodes you know now you have like special events like if you go to like you do like the fest episodes or Mm -hmm. that kind of thing but now it's just all right i you're either doing um older footage of covers that you've already done or doing these quarantine covers and you know i we keep kind of like hitting on you know the variety and the type of stuff that you're doing but like you guys have covered everybody from like kesha to steely dan like the, Mm -hmm. the the breadth is pretty wide so um you know i i is that the ice cream man? Is that is that you or is that me? It might be me. There's ice cream men just out. Just mul- uh, I think that that 100% means that they're just selling drugs. But yeah. fair, you know, whatever. Make they haven't canceled rent, so make your money. I, hey, do what you got to do. It's tough in these streets. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's not true. I live. No one's in the street, but that's it true. is tough. It's and I a live tough in street. suburbs, so you know, I can't really talk. I moved out. Right. I, I lived in the cool part of Atlanta, and then I moved out to the Burbs because that's what happens eventually. Yeah. Where are you from originally? Uh, I'm from. Uh, I was born in Rochester, but I spent like most of my childhood in Colorado. Gotcha. Yeah. So Very- I just from four till the end of high school, I was in Colorado, and then I was like, I'm going back to New York because I miss birds shitting on me and uh, and screaming. Well, and now you, you've probably got it in spades now. I mean, oh, yeah. An ice cream man, obviously. 
Yeah, I love getting shit on by the ice cream man. <laughs> so, um, you know, with the quarantine covers and that kind of stuff coming up, like what what else? Um, what do you guys have on the agenda? Like what what's coming up? Do you can you divulge? Will you divulge on like you know what you have in well, the pipeline? I think. Uh, the weird thing about the quarantine covers is that was uh, a plan that we were just going to do before the lockdown. Yeah. Like that's why there are certain videos that have Steve in my, uh, in my apartment Sure, because we shot two of them when we were allowed to like be around each other. And that's also why like that footage looks a little better than the other uh the other covers uh because we were shooting with like one of our main uh like camera guys so we could have like a little bit of quality control and i think that that maybe has you know i think because we planned to do it before uh the necessity of doing it has you know i think that that's why it uh it feels a little different than like other quarantine covers. Cause we were already trying to figure out how to s- kind of m- still have the vibe of our live cover songs in it. Cause that's always the hardest part of our show yeah. is getting, uh, is getting guests that have the same uh, like available. It's so hard to get someone who's like, Hey, uh, are you going to be in New York? And, available not playing a concert for some reason and uh like also and just like everyone's available and like vitus has to have like you know um it's got to be on one of the days that like vitus doesn't have like an insane concert like we have to book it out really hard it's fucking hard so we were trying to figure out if we could do the covers uh like this while we continue to try to figure out um, sort of what the future of the show is going to be because the Patreon was, at the time was only to fund uh, this first season of the show to just have an example of like this is what it'll be like yeah. um, We the plan was never to uh, continue the show like that because we care about quality we yeah. want it to like that has to be like the way the show is like the first season is just like that's got to be the bottom yeah, it can't be worse than that. So we we ne- don't want to make we never want to make anything that's worse than that uh, <laughs> ever. We try. I think like you know this uh, the the live events we do at festivals are really chaotic, um, but we feel that those are a different thing. But we don't want to present like an episode of the show that is that is less so we're just trying to figure out other things that we can do and right now it's about uh like covers um and that's uh and and making them fun because that's uh like uh that's we can still do that we can still have uh a ton of different musicians that you wouldn't expect like not all of them are from the metal world right which is kind of fun um yeah very cool. So, um, I mean, outside of that, like, you know, you have your original stuff. You've got, you know, the, the, the project that you, you've been working on, but you also have 
you had the be yourself thing, which I don't think is happening anymore. So you were doing like a pop punk emo oh. band for a while. <laughs> and then uh, yes. you've got your female fronted uh, Van Halen tribute, Panamama, which I believe you guys have something coming up. Um, is that this week you're doing? Uh, no, it's uh, next Friday. We're, um, we're doing uh, like a four song uh, like Van Halen uh, set for uh, the Metal Injection uh, Slay at Home Festival, which is yep. for Music Cares to try to raise some money. Very cool. Um, we talked about, you know, doing like maybe more of a two minutes uh, kind of cover thing, but we didn't, we wanted, we wanted it to feel a little different since it's, you know, this thing's like a festival and mm-hmm. we didn't want to give them the, the traditional thing so it's weirdly for us what that is is since you know they're doing a lot of cover stuff on it as i was like shauna and i have done this weird uh van halen cover set like a couple of times uh which weirdly uh the first time we played a van halen song together was at a be yourself uh event at fest in florida um so like be yourself was a um be yourself was um a just i've got i've been doing covers forever um we all have uh, uh, i met i made friends doing just some halloween uh like misfits cover sets so like most of my my first like cover show ever was just being the danzig in a really scummy uh uh like misfits cover band that would just play around a little bit and then i took like that group of folks and um uh for like an ex's birthday party i um i like planned like a uh like a like a like a emo karaoke night secretly in like the basement of an old new york venue called the cake shop mm-hmm. and we just learned uh you know, uh, like like alkaline trio and my chemical romance and stuff because that's what like sh- she was into yeah. uh, in high school. It so it all kind of tied together, and the show was bananas. Uh, uh, there were so many. They the the cake shop asked to like ticket it as like an actual event, and we were like okay. And uh, but her birthday party crew doesn't have to pay right. anything, right. Uh, but. So many people showed up. They destroyed the bar like with money um, and they asked us to keep doing it. So we kind of, we were like, we already know a bunch of these songs and we kept learning a few more every time until it, I think it like by the end, uh, we technically had learned like 200 of these pop punk songs. Nice. Um, I never could really remember them all, but technically we did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, i've been working on getting something like that spun up but you know oddly enough kind of petered out because you know there's nothing to do we're trying is to get it, i mean you can't i think for for us it just it um i don't know i think uh we had been doing it for like five years and i feel like that's a little long to be like uh it's like a pop punk wedding band that isn't playing weddings. We'll play a wedding. If you have, if someone's getting married and they want us to, to play it, we'll do that. But I think like, 
I don't really want to like book. We got sick of like booking our own shows. Yeah. Um, and we wanted to like kind of focus on like other stuff. I just, you know, I wanted uh, it's it's fun to do it because it's really easy and it's just you know every the crowds are super fun. That's kind of what kept me doing like because pop oh. punk is not super my it's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. I like some of it, but it's not. And you know, besides my quarantine hair, it's not my bag really but i um you know i think that's why uh like i was so excited when shauna wanted she was like look i know it's not a pop punk song but can we do can you can we do ain't talking about love by van halen i was like yes and then we had a really good time and then we just talked about like we should do uh like a van halen cover set next year at fest and then uh like a few months later, uh, you know, like Vitus uh, had mentioned they wanted to put like uh, they wanted to do Van Halen Times Day. Nice. The day after um, Valentine's Day. And I was like, I know I, I, I saw my opportunity. So like that band is mostly uh, as straightforward as possible like it's not we're not morphing a lot of the songs there's one song that we morph the fuck out of but most of it is is like you know is trying to sound as much like van halen as we can sure so so it's a tribute in that sense yeah that's more that's a tribute band we're not really doing uh like i'm not trying to uh like change those songs as much i just i just want to that's just because we love van halen and also it's very funny that shauna is singing those songs <laughs> because De- they're all about like fucking a car yeah which you know i don't think the war on women is necessarily you know that's not their main subject matter for their their content no <laughs> but as far as they know that you know it's uh the car is has given consent yeah, hundred so, percent, absolutely. You know, we're gonna sing about it. And for those of you listening, um, Vitus—he's referring to Saint Vitus, which is a venue up in Brooklyn. Just wanted. To- oh yes, yeah. This is uh- Saint Vitus. Is I I think you know it's slowly becoming. I mean, they've their Kickstarter to like stay around through whatever's gonna fucking happen yeah. uh, after this is through the roof. They made. They blasted past their goal. They have like a hundred thousand dollars. Nice. In there. I think because people see it as potentially like a new ver, I, I, like a new version of like CBGBs. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think and and you know, you guys just through the show have kind of kind of pulled focus to them as kind of. I mean, it's a mecca for for metal and heavy music in in New York. I mean. If it wasn't for your show, I wouldn't know where St. Vitus is. I mean, it's... Oh, cool. I, I mean, 100%. Yeah. You know, and because of that, like, I've seen a bunch of, like, live sets that they had shot there, you know, just kind of related because of the stuff that you guys have been putting out. So, um, you know, I feel like what you guys are doing is important because, um, you know, it's funny and it's good, but you're also kind of, like, opening people up to... Uh, different bands and different musicians and you know um you know it, it, the the interview with 
the interviews you've done with musicians have always been kind of fun. Like the Gina Gleason one where she's talking about, you know, playing with Santana and playing, you know, yeah. Soleil and having a guitar that shoots fireballs and, you know, wearing a gold, whatever that thing was. And, you know, it, yeah. it, it's just, it's been cool because, you know, for, for some people it's, it, it, you guys are kind of like a gateway drug, like, you know, other kind of genres of music can be, um, but like, yeah, I mean, I totally got sucked in on the first one and basically anything you post, I'm definitely, you know, into and will share and, you know, hope that other people kind of catch on as well. So, um, and, you know, I was really hoping my co-host could be here. So it wasn't like a full on like fangirl session. Um, but, you know, there I are fanboys as yes. we found out from this interview, <laughs> but uh, no, thank you, man. I, yeah, that's the goal of the show is to get people to like different music or more learn about more music i mean it's uh it's hard like i got we got to do better at like uh at keeping up like the chef kisses and stuff like when we listen to new albums that we think are really cool we're trying to keep it weekly but we kind of want them to be real yeah so it's not you know we're only putting it out if we think that it needs uh, the exposure and the focus and uh, we really kind of believe in it but I love that um, you know there are people who are into like uh, it, it, like introducing people to like different types of uh, of music I love that you know there are a bunch of metal dudes now who know who the rapper Miss Eves is yeah because of the show I think that that's awesome I love that, um, you know, a lot of people have commented, especially on like Reeling in the Years by Celia yeah. Dan. They're like, I thought this song sucked. And then I'm like, and then they, they realize that the harmony riff uh, kicks ass when there's, <laughs> when there's distortion on it. But I think, you know, it's, uh, it's helping people like a lot of different songs. And that's always been like the goal is because I like a lot of, weird different uh music um and i think also through through the show i'm learning to like different uh music too like i was um you know i wasn't like the biggest led zeppelin guy uh at the I'd like because i just associate i associated the shirt with like target yeah and I was like, I don't want to be into uh, I'd like, and I liked so much classic rock. I was like, I can't like all of it. And I don't want to like the target versions of stuff, but like through like playing uh, like communication breakdown on the show and then like kind of re-listen to it. Like I'm, I'm learning to love it. I'm also learning to even bands that I like thought I hated for a long time. Like I, have more of an appreciation uh for tool now yeah through the, i don't i like tool songs really so they're, just, they're not for me and that's yeah. fine but like now i'm like any carries a sick fucking drummer and i really like uh like like adam's guitar tone on like the new album because i had to listen to it i think it's kind of uh it's uh 
I I think that that's what I love about the show is that we're all I I get I get to learn more and not be such a I think that that might I think through the show that's kind of why we we stopped doing uh like the podcast I don't know if there was anybody who uh was like listening to our podcast but after yeah. a while uh you know after a while I think it got pretty exhausting to like make it it got draining to like shit on music or like try you know the goal of the show is never to really like shit on it it was to like try to figure out like how it happened or like what's like the narrative behind it but like you know i think we kind of i think making the show and like getting into all like the mindset of the show is to kind of love all types of music so i think that it kind of it changed my mind at least yeah what he's talking about is five minutes to cast night which was the uh companion uh to the tv show and the initial concept i think was to pick like an infamous or you know lauded or hated um album and review it with the other writers of the show and so you you guys covered you know misfit records and you know chinese democracy and um whatever that megadeth record was i anything you guys do related to megadeth i'm gonna listen to is because you know all you guys doing the dave mustaine impression was just like there you go (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) it's super funny dude but i also like everyone every vocalist that i love has a very specific unique voice and mm-hmm. it's like in some way like like but there but it's also cool at the same time like i like that um like that dave mustaine sounds like a muppet yeah at times i think that that adds such a charm to it and it makes it really unique um like van halen's one of my they are the favorite band yeah, I don't have a tattoo of another band, so they're the favorite band. But like, I love, I love that like David Lee Roth is like can has like this crazy octave range, but also just is screaming at you like a senile old man sometimes and not making any sense. And I'm like, I fucking love this. Yeah, there's nothing else that sounds like this. Yeah, or you know, listen to the episode he did with Joe Rogan, where like I think Joe Rogan was on the show. I don't really recall. Uh, it was just literally David Lee Roth for three straight hours. I loved it. It's the only episode of the Joe Rog- Rogan podcast I've ever listened to because Joe Rogan is. The, I was assured going into it that he wasn't on it. <laughs> it was just David Lee Roth for an episode. I mean, um, he maybe got like a yeah in every forty-five minutes, but that was basically it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, correct. Shut up, Joe. I want to hear more about this story of them like getting bagels and illegally. Uh, rowboating uh, on on the fucking Hudson River. Yeah. That's so crazy. I loved it. Yeah, with his like his EMT buddies or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it ruled. It's like the normalest story he told. I think was <laughs> the, the yeah. It was crazy. The rest of it is just like life concepts. It's about like it's it, you know uh, it's him like explain like um, it's all like weirdly philosophical, uh, and then he's also like an and it's just, I don't know, it's like Doctor Strange. It's so, it's just spanning universes and whatever. Yeah, he's on a, he's on a completely different plane of existence than the rest of us. We can, I, think, I love it. 
we can all agree with that there. Bless him. <laughs> well, man, uh, I, I know you had a, a deadline. didn't want to keep you any longer, but um, wanted to give you an opportunity to, uh, to plug anything that you guys got coming up or uh, anything you want anybody to check out. Uh, go for it. Uh, yeah, please. Uh, just get, you know, we're putting out uh, new cover songs every Monday because we've somehow uh, amassed enough people that want to do it. So we're just we have like an overhaul of so many songs. So they're just going to keep coming out on Mondays for I mean for a while. And please, if you if you want them to keep happening, just subscribe to our Patreon. We're going to be adding more stuff to the Patreon. I'll just say it here. We're going to be doing a new a new podcast, me and Drew, the co-creator of the show. Uh, we're going to be putting something there that's Patreon exclusive that'll be appearing. Uh, I don't know exactly what the release date uh, of that is, but that's the plan. We're going to try to, like, you know, the Patreon's going to be full of, like, outtakes and bloopers and i put all of like the arrangement demos of each cover okay uh on the patreon so like you can hear exactly like kind of what i did um and then you can hear sort of what changed when other people got a hold of it which is kind of cool um and uh yeah i um please check out uh slay at home uh it's a uh it's a virtual metal festival that's put together by Frank Godla from Metal Injection. It's just going to be full of tons of really cool performances. Uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but uh, on Friday now. <laughs> oh yeah, like I'm right now. We don't edit now. I don't cool. Know. Time for that. Uh, yeah, for sure. I hate editing. Uh, don't do it. We do it so much because we, <laughs> but don't fucking do it. Um, yeah, tomorrow. Uh, May 22nd is going to be the release date of like the schedule of the bands for Slay at Home. Check it out. Um, there's going to be some weird shit. There's going to be, I think that that's the key to doing uh, virtual festivals right now is make it something that people wouldn't see Yeah. normally. Don't just make it like, uh, here's, don't make it all just like, here's a concert, uh, but there isn't an audience and we're feeling the energy missing from that yeah. probably some weird covers uh, you know i would i would gather to probably there's going to be weird covers i i'm not just doing the panama set okay there's something else that's have i can't say yet sure. but there's going to be collaborative bizarre covers um they're more straight but there's just you know it's going to be musicians uh you, there's gonna be just like a pile of musicians and you're like those people are doing this all right nice pretty cool nice yeah well jordan uh thank you again for tuning uh for for joining us uh for all you yeah. guys uh for tuning in this week um you can hit us up at coverbandconfidential at gmail.com or at the all new coverbandconfidential.com uh hit us up on facebook twitter instagram and all of that um once again, Jordan, thanks for being here. I'm going to go ahead and call it for this week. From Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. You've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 104. Have a great week. That's a lot of episodes. Good job, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, bud. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. If you want to help us, be sure to share us with your friends, follow us on social media, and if you haven't already, please leave a review for us on the podcast platform of your choice. 
Facebook.com slash CoverBandConfidential, Instagram at CoverBandConfidential, and Twitter at CoverBandConfid. If you have any questions, please email us at CoverBandConfidential at gmail.com and consider supporting us on Patreon, Patreon.com slash CoverBandConfidential. And for more info, check out www.CoverBandConfidential.com. <laughs>